1: To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.
2: Hello everyone, Danny here and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. We'll be joined this week by Colchester fan Cy Collinson in just a little bit to look ahead to Saturday's game. But first, Charles Cummins is here. How are you, Charles? Oh, hello, Daniel. I'm oh, very well. Good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Are you looking forward to Saturday's game that kicks off at 2 o'clock? Oh, yes. I'm glad yes. you mentioned that it kicks off at 2 o'clock, because otherwise
1: I'd have got my flight to France slash Germany a bit <laughs> late. You don't want
2: that. You don't, don't want do that. that. Don't want that. We'll mention it a few times. 2 o'clock kickoff. For Neil's sake, more than anything. Yeah, I was going to say, um, two, 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, filled. Neil.
1: Colchester, come on!
2: <laughs> <laughs> he rocks up at half time with his hot dog. What's going on? <laughs> and Haribo.
1: and his, Haribo. his
2: Haribo. Don't forget his
1: Haribo. So
2: yeah, why, why is it? Is it Saints game at two o'clock? Is that what's I'm going on. I'm going three?
1: to say yes. Yes, let's Either go with that. that. Or um, the buddy is Buddy still across the road near the BP garage? That rest of they're having I a big party so, yeah. that kicks off at. Uh, half past four. So, oh, okay. Yeah, They're hosted expecting... by
2: Seb Paris. Y- yes,
1: absolutely. And other Americans. Uh, Neil Kitson yes. will be there. Special. Neil guest. Kitson
2: will be there. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden will be there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like the way Paul that we've Kogan. gone from former <laughs> Cobblers players. I've got no, no, i got <laughs> To the got president ones. of the United States.
2: <laughs> Alexi Lalas, he'll be there. Rocking up. Oh, he brilliant. likes a party. Oh, um, we've got no midweek game. To be depressed about this week, dun, dun, dun. Um, so we could sit back. Last night we got had three games in League Two. Bristol Rovers did us a favor by beating Chris Sutton United. They did two nil. Yeah. Mm. yeah, good result. Hartlepool. Though. Yeah, Hartleypool did us a favor by beating Tranmere one nil.
1: Yeah, I don't like that result though. Do you not? Not a fan of that one. What's wrong with that? Mainly because I predicted a one nil Tranmere win.
2: <laughs> oh and, yes, you did. <laughs> on, on the Patreon pod, oh,
1: and uh, clearly I got that wrong.
2: He did. Um, and I don't think anyone got the next one right. Exeter to four, Harrogate three. Bloody Harrogate letting I've, us down. I've
1: just had a message here. Oh. Uh, Neil says that's what he
2: predicted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Harrogate were 3 1 up, weren't they? In that game.
1: They were definitely 2 0 up. I remember yeah. that. And then, yeah, maybe it was. I know that Exeter pulled it back to 3 all in around about the last 10 minutes and then a 95th minute
2: winner. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, Brilliant. We have a look. Yes, yeah, they were three-one down as well, and then they scored three times in the last twenty minutes. I mean,
1: just the Exeter, flipping Exeter. So, well, um, I don't like Exeter.
2: I'm not a fan. But I'm not. I've we've, decided we've had our fun with them, haven't we? It's.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're that club though, aren't they, that, that seem to do well every year in terms of getting towards the playoffs, but then just can't take it over the line.
2: Uh, well, you um, say that now,
1: Charles. Well, you know, I say <laughs> now that. Now they've I...
2: overtaken us in the league.
1: <laughs> well, you know, let's just see what happens. You yeah. never know. Have we still got to play them at home? We must-do or uh,
2: Possibly, yeah. yeah. I... Um, I've lost track of what's going on, but they've, they've overtaken us. They're in third. We've dropped down to fourth ahead of the weekend. Sutton's still in fifth. But we've got two games in hand on Tram here now. And we're three oh. points behind them. We'll be oh. chopping at their heels soon enough.
1: There you go. Um, you know, I, I said, we still got to play Exeter? We do. It's the last home game of the season. Oh, yeah, of
2: course it is, yeah. You should have known that. It could be a ding-dong, that. Well, I'm
1: hoping that it will be a walkover like the last time.
2: I mean, if that's third against fourth and we beat them to go up. <laughs> oh,
1: could you imagine? <laughs> I've got a very quick question for you, Danny. Very a quick. very quick one, go on. Because of the fact that I personally think that first is out of the window, Forrest. Green, well done, right? What would you rather? Would you rather finish comfortably second Mm -hmm. or have a last day, make it into third?
2: Oh, if you know you're going to make it. If you offered me knowing that we're going to win, then you've got to go with last game. Yeah, but you don't know because that's
1: not how it works.
2: No, but if you can guarantee me that we're going to win it and have that day, I'd rather have that day than oh, okay. I see. comfortably win it. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose so. I think if you knew you were going to win it, then you go for it. But the nerves going into it just become horrendous, don't they?
1: Surely it's exactly yeah. the same as a playoff final.
2: Yeah, in a way. But then you've got the playoffs to fall back on. Yeah. You, think, you know that day at Torquay when we went down there and mm. went up all those moons ago? 2000, uh, yeah. 2000. I always remember thinking at the, at the end of the day, like even if we don't make it so we're still at the playoffs just in case. Um true. But yeah, give me that anything, give, give me that. Give me that drama. But but then it's barrow away on the last day, isn't it? So it is. in which I think from what I remember looking at the pictures on the EFL Quest title, it says only a tiny little allocation of away Yeah, hands.
1: you're only allowed six people. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's official. I literally have to have to bring a wheelbarrow. Yes. Yes. Fill, yes. Fill it with as many people as you can and they get in. <laughs> so um that that could end up being a scenario. And we're getting ahead of ourselves, aren't we? We are. We are. Colchester That's, first. Colchester first. And we've got a Colchester fan uh coming in now. Uh Cy Collinson. How are you, Cy? Really well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you on. Um just to get a bit of background as to your support in Colchester. Lifelong fan?
0: Yeah, have been. Yeah. You know, I think it's Lifelong Fan or Punishment, one of the two. But yeah, <laughs> I hope follow him home and away. Yeah. wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world
2: yeah as a without trying to age you what kind of season was it that you started
0: well, i can't remember to be fair but to be i've always followed them and stuff. So only since i've really got married to my wife and I actually come back to living culture so i've been able to do it mm-hmm. properly if you like so it's probably been about like last five six seasons i've been able to do home and away doing it properly and everything else but then before that it was also the lay road days and things like that I get into games when i could
2: Mm-hmm. So, home and away so, most weeks, are so you at the minute?
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, but going back to what you guys were saying earlier about whether you'd rather finish third or second, <laughs> I've always said I'd rather go up by the playoffs if we can't win it. But it'd be the guarantee knowing you're going to win the playoffs, go through yeah, exactly. all that pain. But yeah, it's always, yeah, always
2: thing, it, it's always playoffs over second or third if you can, if you know you're going to do it, isn't
0: it? And that is the thing, it's the knowing yeah. you're going to do it, isn't
2: it? Yeah. And, um, Turns us into a good place to start actually. 2019 um, 20, Colchester part of the playoffs in the opposite semi final to ours, beaten by Exeter. I think it was extra time, wasn't it? Um, against Exeter. Um, so you finished, was it in sixth or seventh place that yeah, Is it sixth? It wasn't, I think, it wasn't, us, wasn't seventh. It, it, it wasn't that was seventh, seventh,
0: no. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was it was sixth, but it was by default more than because it was we ended up going on games points per game, didn't it, because of COVID. It, yeah. yeah. So we kind of snuck our yeah. way snuck our there. Yeah, I think and... we snuck
2: a lot more so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> as well. We because we extra have always been a bit of a bogey team for us. So we beat them at our place, then we lost lost to them. No fans were allowed to go and I had a lot of failure. If we had got past Extra, I think we would have won it that year. But uh, that's what everyone says, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. it's interesting
1: because I remember that I remember watching the first leg of your semi-final and just remember thinking that neither side really looked like they were any good but at the same time going you know there's they, they literally just had a whatever it was three month break and so it was the first game back having not done anything else and I just remember watching it and going this isn't really that good a game of football to watch and then I think if I, am re- probably not remembering this right, knowing me, but I think was one of your goals at least from a free kick.
0: Yeah, the one in... we won the one we won the first leg, first yeah. leg was the free yeah. kick, and I think it was well, that really strange year because, like you say, we had that break from COVID. There's no fans there; no one really knew what to do mm. or how to do it. And it, you know, this could sound really bad. Looking back, I probably not as convincing as I said it, but I'm quite glad we didn't go up that year. Because to finally get to the playoffs and potentially win the playoffs and have no fans there would have been quite a, a harsh way to do it from a fan's point of view, wanting to go and see a team win at Wembley kind of thing. But that really was our high point over the last couple of years. It's mm-hmm. all been a bit of free fall since then.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I find it really strange how you've gone from being you know, one of the you know, playoff contenders, promotion contenders that season, albeit, you know, the fact that the season got cut short. To then being the following season, being, I mean, essentially it was down to, or at least from what I remember, down to between you and South End for going down. I, I seem to remember there was a derby for you guys quite close to the end of the season. And I think Colchester won it. And that was almost like well you've just made sure that you've survived but South End go down how does that happen like what was, was there like a major restriction on the budget made
0: because of Covid you know wanting to make sure that the club survived I think there's a little bit of the chairman doing his kind of running the football club more as, as a business than actually in a football sense that has got a lot of detractors from what he's done there was a from Reading Between the lines, there's a bit of an upheaval in the background within the squad for different reasons, which caused the knock on effects. I know Harry Pell was our captain, he's so now at And when he left, he came out and said the season just gone, i.e., the season you're talking about was one of his worst seasons in the dressing room. So I think there was a lot of upheaval both on and off the pitch, and it just massively hit squad cohesion. Mm. Obviously, we survived by skin of our teeth with the South End derby being. The big one really is like whether we survive or not and winning that. Obviously being local rivals to us, it's quite good that they did end up going down. Mm. We didn't. Because of interesting facts about South End, due to COVID, their fans saw them in League One. The next time they saw them play live, they were in the National League.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's nuts, isn't it?
0: So everyone like sort of random facts like that. And then yeah, we scraped it Then this season we had quite a good summer window. But what looked like a strong squad on paper, and it just, it never clicked. Hayden Mullins wasn't the man for the job at all. Um, never got on with the fans, never really got the best out of the squad. And now we're having a bit of a mini revival under Wayne Brown, but even then it's, we're sadly, I think, at times relying on two teams being worse than us, which isn't a, isn't a good state of affairs, really.
2: So, what, what did you make of Mullins when he was appointed? because he didn't have a lot I think it was Watford wasn't he He was before Watford under 23's caretaker a little bit I seem to remember him being a little in caretaker charge every time they decided on a new manager which was (laughs) every few months um but what did you kind of make of that appointment originally
0: so he he came to us originally as assistant manager Mm -hmm. and I don't think he was the most popular person in the building with how his attitude was and how he worked and then I never took to him at all. My, one of the biggest reasons I never took to him was because of how we treated the fans. We're very big on we go after every away game. We go and wait for the players, just sort of have a chat, see how the game went, etc. And he just wouldn't acknowledge the away fans. He hardly he was always straight down the tunnel after the game. No sort of claps, no anything like that. And all I see, you've got a lot in his play is the press situation. I feel that if you, you've got to acknowledge your fans regardless of what happens. And because of that, he then made it a bit of rot his own back with the fans. that They didn't then give him time when things went against him on the pitch. That, there was only fallback, good blood between the fans and him. Uh, if I'm honest, I think we left it a bit too late. He should have gone at Christmas. I think we'd had a bit more breathing space if we could book someone in earlier than what we're trying to do now, a firefight to stay up.
2: So Wayne Brown's back now. Um, yes. As interim. He was interim before
0: Mullins, I think. Is that right? He was, yeah. Um, he, so he, I think, just, I don't know, know there's a very small amount of games between Seaball Ball going and Mullins being appointed. I think talking to Wayne, he's learned a lot in that small period about how it went wrong for him. Now he's got a second bite of the cherry. I think he's very keen to embrace it and take the lessons learned going forward. He already, He's already connected the fans with the players and to get the fans back on side. I know good results will always do that anyway. So we have had quite a loss once under him. That was at Mansfield. And you know, that was a game we were the masters of our own downfall, really. It should have got at least a point. I don't know going forward whether he will be the man for the job come the summer. But I think we should just keep his interim to end of the season, see where it gets us. And then go from there. Because if you make it permanent now, for some reason, wherever an insurance manager becomes permanent, it seems to upset the apple cart and the results nosedive. So I'd rather just keep it as it is now than have a look in the summer. Mm. Uh,
2: if you did wait till the summer, so anybody that you would think as an ideal person for the job?
0: So I really, I was hoping we were going to, if before appointing an insurance manager, Brian Brown, we we're try and go for Michael Flynn. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's just taking the role at Warsaw. Yeah, you know, Paul Tisdale was with us last season. He's a bit of an advisory role. Obviously, he ended up at Stevenage. But Michael Flynn's one I was really sort of hoping would would appear because we're quite bad. But we always do internal appointments. And that's been one of the gripes of the fans that we need someone from outside to come in, shake it up a bit and bring new ideas in. So I think it really will be see who's available in the summer because teams will, managers will leave, teams will swap and change anyway. Uh, and I think if you get a manager now, at the current moment, he's out of work. This time of season, it's normally the managers that aren't hasn't done as well as they could have done or are liked by the fan base as much. If, are three, a bit like um, Adams, obviously, get released by Bradford. I wouldn't want him. So I think we've got to sit tight and see who comes available. But if then Wayne Brown gets his mid-table, give him a transfer window, give him a pre-season to make the squad his own and you know, see how he get. give it to him till before the beginning of the season, see how he gets on. If he's not working by December mm. time, we could always look to change again.
2: Mm. I guess there's always the issue that you don't want to think about as well that is Oldham have got a game in hand and he's still there's still 16 games left. If Wayne Brown starts off badly, for example, if he... If he if it goes downhill and it starts to, you start to get a little bit jittery and then you need someone else in, do you think you'd pull the trigger a little bit early just to save yourselves and make sure you're in this league for the next season? I'd
0: like, I'd like to think so. Um, then when we saw we beat Orion a couple of weeks ago, one nil away and the performance we put in there, if we can produce that for over over, the next 10 games out of the 16, we should be, we should be safe. We should be able to save ourselves. um, and the other problem I think is if we do start snowballing out of control a little bit and hope has gone, trying to bring a manager in now, I don't know how that will set up for the season. You almost, God forbid, it happened. Taking the hit, going down, and then getting a manager who knows the league in to start fresh in the summer instead of trying to get somebody to try and keep us up and then takes us down who doesn't want to stay and you're kind of in a vicious circle. Um. Oldham obviously got their game in hand. They can close the gap between three points to us. We've got a run of, we've got you guys on Saturday, we've got a run of four home games, including two that were postponed for COVID coming up. Now, they're they going to be the sort of season-defining games, just really, if we can get, out of those four, if we can get at least nine points, i feel a lot happier. Um, but we've got to try and beat the teams around us. We drew Carlisle, when we should have beat them, and this is—I think—it's the problem. We we're not getting points against teams we should be. The teams we shouldn't be getting points against, we are. So it's a bit of a bit of a, a typical culture thing. Teams that are better than us, we do well against. Teams that are are and around us, we we struggle with.
2: So, um, it talks about your home. You got four home games coming up after this one. Uh, what kind of atmosphere do you get? Because I've not been there yet to your new grounds. I just remembered Layer Road being completely weirdly intimidating because of its closeness to the pitch and everything like that. And the fans are just all packed in. Um, what's the comparison in your new stadium in terms of home atmosphere? Can you build something quite, quite well? Not,
0: not really. It's, no. there, there is, it's a 10,000 seats to stand where you get pre average about two and a half, if we're lucky, including away fans. So the atmosphere isn't anything like sort of fortress lay road was. And because it's the new ground, how it's built, is quite big and airy, so it doesn't form as much. It is one of those cliche things with football. When we're doing well, the crowd behind it is quite good. It can be quite a bit of noise, get going. But recently, last couple of seasons, it's been quite dead purely because people go with a hope rather than expectation at times. And as soon as we go a goal down or something doesn't quite go right, the crowd does turn a little bit. Sort of passes down on the players and the management. And it has a bad experience. Also, where it is in the middle of nowhere, there's nothing really around it, so it's hard to get much of a matchday experience other than what's at the ground. And because Robbie Cowley hasn't really opened much up up post COVID, there's not really much of a matchday experience there either, sadly. So it's it's a shame, especially when you see fans come from like Carlisle fans come down or something like that. You like all oh, this distance I've travelled, we've got nothing to sort of offer them as a pre-game experience. Because I remember, like, when you go to your place, it's all you got the not just your you have got a little pub in the ground and stuff like that. But you also got the industrial estate out there with Frankie Benny's and things like that that you can go to have a few beers and sort of make it make a day of it. Well, we don't have that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the first time of heard that from on a wife actually <laughs> make a make a day of it at six fields. It just... <laughs> it's a bit of an odd one isn't it that one, yeah. I, well, I, I think we, just from um, our perspective that's a bit weird but yeah uh, well, we
0: yeah. we played you a couple of, I think it was the COVID season mm. that I, had to t- I took my mother-in-law to Stansted airport for an eight o'clock flight so we we're like oh we I won't go home I'll just carry on to the ground <laughs> we were at your place at 10 o'clock for a three o'clock kickoff <laughs> oh, wow so it was literally like okay we're going to sit in Frankie Benny's they're not even serving alcohol yet All right we'll just have some breakfast then yeah luckily um to be fair the shoes were really good because you've got that home bar haven't you it's in on your main stand yeah they, they don't you said no 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 away fans allowed but we were like look we're really sorry we'll just keep quiet in the corner we haven't got any sort of culture stuff on do you mind coming? they were really good they let us in you know really accommodating so mm. kudos to the guys on the gate there He'd like he, he sorted us out
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think to be fair yeah i mean it de- it depends who we who we're playing i, I find that who gets allowed into bar. There are some games where there's, there's no away fans. You're not allowed. But then there's others where quite happily they'll let people in. Um, I didn't really think that Colchester would be necessarily one of the clubs that we wouldn't let in. Because it's not like... I mean, okay, fine. We both get mentioned on Look East, but there's still quite a <laughs> bit of a difference. There's still quite of a, you know, a, a mileage difference between the two, isn't there? It's not like it's yeah. just round the corner.
0: I think it's, well, there is you know, rivalries, there is this in. But I think the lower down the pyramid we are, especially in League Two, I think there's a lot more mutual respect between fan bases than maybe you find a bit higher up the pyramids. Mm. and yeah there is obviously the banter. So you do get some idiots every club's got a few idiots that want to cause trouble mm. but a lot of times it's, it's very much good-natured and a lot the banter and everyone gets on a lot better down this down here yeah let's go to south end there is a weird bunch of people <laughs> but, <laughs> get that in there that's it yeah, so right. get the dig in. do that
1: <laughs> um <laughs> speaking of um i mean actually i say speaking of idiots this is maybe completely unfair <laughs> however um a few months ago, or maybe not even months, a few weeks back, there was a video circulated on social media where a Colchester fan basically confronted your chairman, Robbie Cowling. And Robbie was quoted as saying, um, this is my club, not yours. And that was the clip that went around on social media. What, what did you make
0: of that? So the problem with it is because obviously it's only a very short clip, mm of what's going on. And Robbie's always been quite renowned as the fan base. He's very Marmite. People either love him or hate him. Right. Um, he treats the club as a business. So, like, during COVID and things like that, he's very much a case of, right, I'm not going to spend big. I don't mind if we struggle on the pitch, but I want the Colts United to survive as a business as a club. And, obviously, that didn't endear him to certain aspects of the fan base. We were like, well, hang on, if you would just put a bit more money into the club, we tend to get better players. We can get out of this division. And at times, he does come across to some of the fan base that he doesn't want us to promote. He's quite happy where we are. Um, and throughout the game, of that the clip was taken, but he was getting a lot of abuse. The songs has been sung about him and stuff like that from the crowd and from certain sections of the following. Mm. And then, as he's coming out, he's getting a lot of uncalled-for abuse. And that was his, his response. Now... Technically, he's right in what he says. It is his club. No, he owns it. Mm -hmm. But it's the understanding you're a custodian of the club and the fan base is what makes the club what it is. It's our money that goes into paying for tickets. And even if he thinks that, it's not something to come out and say. It just gives Mm -hmm. people more ammunition to hold against you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My take, I think what he should do, he should spend what, what some clubs do, you know, have like fan forums where you get. A complete mm-hmm. cross section of fan base go and have a chat with him. You air your problems, it's all I means and documented. It gets sent out, everyone sees what's been said. Try try to open a bit more of a dialogue with the fans, yeah. Because he does seem to sort of sit in his ivory tower, sort of laughing down at us all at times. Right. That's what that's where the divide happening, you know. Without him, we wouldn't have a club. But I don't think people are really queuing up in the Middle East to suddenly come over to Colchester and buy us out. <laughs> You never uh, know, though. Oh, no, you, know, but, you, you know, it's like you, everyone thinks their club is the most important, most valuable thing in the world. But yeah. the reality of it, considering how some owners been buried, for example, assets dripping them to death, what Swindon had to put up with, and things like that, you're like, mm. is it best of the devil we know, or is it not? I don't really know.
1: It's that, it's that interesting thing, isn't it, Dan? Because a lot of what Sai has just said there. We've heard, you know, about the Cobblers, haven't we, in, well, recent times uh, and before that. The the whole thing of fans essentially will always say, well, if you just paid a bit more money or put your hand in in your pocket a bit more, then we could sign better players and we could get out of this division and X, Y and Z. And I mean, it's very easy for us to sit there, isn't it? And to say that because it's not our money. Yeah. And and for me to just, like, it's me basically turning around to you, Danny, and going, um, well, mate, I, I tell you what, if you just put your hand in your pocket, then I could get a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be turning around and asking for, you know, Patreon supporters to, to cover the costs of running the podcast. Like, you know, if you just put your hand in your pocket, Danny, then, then we'd be able to do get this yacht. Without, and get a yacht. Yeah, it'd be lovely. But I mean... <laughs> that's easy for me to say because it's, it's not my money and it's not me that's having to do it. Whereas, and and football fans at all clubs will do that and, and mm. will say that. And there's never really going to be an answer to that, I don't think.
0: I think it's because the football manager. I know this is really stupid, <laughs> but because we can okay. by a football manager and take Colchester to win a Champions League, mm-hmm. So like, hang on. Obviously, it's completely different to be a football manager and simulator in real life, but people see it as, well, it can't be that hard. Just cough up your 200 million, and get Mbappe's come to Colchester, we'll win the league. No. How, yeah, how, yeah, how, how, yeah. Difficult, how difficult is it? <laughs> Let's go uh, to the in
2: game editor, give yourself 3 million. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Why not? But uh, I, can, I can pretty agree with what you guys are saying there. It is that to fans and anyone connected to clubs, it's, it seems so easy to what, how to solve it, how to do this. And even to come down to like in game stuff when you're like, well, if he puts that player there, changes that player there, puts that one there, we could, you know, then the next fan next year will say something completely different. So I'll say mm. something completely different. It. Mm. I think it's from, you know, playing football, managing myself, you see it, football's so easy that we complicate and there's always more to it than read be between the lines. All we see is the 90 minutes of the pitch, not what's happening in training, who's doing mm. what behind the scenes or and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So, what do you see as being the next level for you? Do you do you kind of naturally think you should fit as a League One side eventually? Does that feel like where you should be as a club, or are you kind of happy to to kind of flip between the two and give it a go every now and then?
0: In my heart, I'd love to say you know we, we were a safe mid-table League One team, but. Are we the day and age? I don't know. Look at the clubs that are in there. You've got European Cup winners in that league now. Your Sunderland's struggling to get out of it. It's which are in there. There's ex-prem teams sort of struggling in and around there. Um, And also, you kind of, if we could finish strongly in League 2 every season, winning games, enjoying our football, would that be more fun than maybe going up to League 1 and getting beat every week and... <laughs> Probably from our experience, so, actually. Yeah. yeah, from our <laughs> experience, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But I think the other problem, we, within the last decade, we've been up in the Championship. Yeah. And that's another other reason. Yeah. So obviously, Robbie Cowling took over when we were in the Championship. And now we're pretty much propping up the football pyramid. Mm. So that also goes against what people think about Robbie. It's like, hang on, you've taken us from the Championship down to the bottom of the League Two. Um, I think realistically, sort of bottom third of league one is probably our true representation of where we should be with the squad and the facilities and everything we do have looking to then build from that not where we are now is completely wrong and every every team that goes down most fans will say it but if we do go down this season I generally think we're too good to go down not that that's true because if you go down you deserve to go down Mm. but with what we've got on paper and who we've got and how we know we can play at certain times of the season we just it'll be a bitter of blow if we do, do relegated.
1: yeah I, w- I will say that i i I don't necessarily agree you're you know too good to go down, but I know what you mean like I look at Colchester as a club that they they do feel like they're too big to go out of the football league uh as you say you know championship not that long ago um you're a club that has always been around in the same leagues as Northampton. You know, not necessarily always in the same league together, but, you know, I, there's usually only maybe one league between us. Um, and so I, I kind of see it that you would feel like that, that we shouldn't be going down. And, and you know, it's exactly how I would feel about Northampton, obviously. Um, but having said that, there'll be clubs like Southend who will have said exactly the same thing and look at where they are now. And, you know, the fact is, is that no club is too big to go down. The fact that, as you said, you've got, you know, former Premier League clubs playing in League One, you know, that just goes to show that if you don't get it right, you don't have a divine right to be playing where you believe you should be otherwise oh, yeah. Yeah, otherwise you know there'd be seventy-two teams in the Premier League.
0: Also uh, as well, you we look at the National League now, how again go like ten years ago, it's pretty much the two football league closer went down. At least one would bounce straight back up again. But even now, you know, you go down there, you're gonna potentially be looking at a good three, four, five, six years before you're out of that again If you ever come back. So I think there's a lot more pressure now on teams not to go down. Because yeah. the, the bounce back ability isn't is there because a lot more people are investing in non league, you know, like sort of Wrexham and obviously Sulphur did it because no fair play down there. Do you, mm. up, do you end up struggling down there? Yeah, so it is. That's something more the worry if we were to go down is how would we come back up? Yeah, but it's more like how, mm. not when, if that makes <clears throat> sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, coming on
2: to uh, current players current squad um, having a look through Charles I know you want to take this first one because you went to school <laughs> with him as you <laughs> so regularly tell us <laughs>
1: <laughs> all the time, all the uh,
2: time. Luke Chambers um, obviously started his career with us gone on to bigger and better things and back in League 2 now with you with yourselves How's, how are you finding
0: it? Oh brilliant uh, I'm I'm a shirt sponsor for this year I, nice. I, I actually I love Luke Chambers both on and off the pitch I think you know, his professionalism there on the pitch, he leaves his heart and soul to it all. And off the pitch, you know, he's always good for a chat, a bit of a laugh, he wears his heart and sleeve. You know, he's really, really done well with his captain side. And although he's coming for a lot of criticism at the beginning of the season, that was more from where he came from. So, Colchester fans seem to think where it switches retirement home at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's and not just one
1: Colchester fans.
0: Well, <laughs> if you look at, um, now, New- Newball's gone to Late Orient on loan, but before he went, we could field a whole starting 11 of the yeah. switch players. Some of them came to us via other clubs, and some of them had only played a few games for Ipswich, but others obviously were big players for them, the likes of Chambers, obviously, captained them at some point as well. So I think they did come in for a lot of criticism on that front as well. Here we go. Yet yeah, Another X. which come down here. Just stealing a wage. But I, no, Cham- out of all, and Chambers has played really well, but I think the one that surprised a lot of people and he's very much a player You don't know what you've got until he's not there, is Kyle Skuse. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's been, our, he, I think he's been one of our standout players this year. He does everything. Well, all the basics. Well, and the last couple of games we've had to go off injured or he's not been available you really notice that he's not there controlling the midfield. He's, quite a, he's a quiet, laid-back character who doesn't do any of the fancy like the fancy footwork or anything like that. But he just does his job so well and so impressively that it's almost like having two players on the pitch when he's there.
2: And uh, Alan Judge was another one, wasn't he? He came from Ipswich. Yes. He was the one who squared up to the referee when we played Ipswich last
0: season. Um yeah, so he came with quite a bit of a fanfare, and this and that, and his with his set pieces and stuff. I don't think he's hit the ground running as as much as we thought he's going to, because he was probably one of the biggest impressed. Oh, well, Alan Judge, you know, his his set pieces alone are worth at least five six goals a season. He hasn't really <coughs> delivered. Uh, Freddie Sears has hit the ground running again. Now he's play, stop playing out are playing in through the middle is getting some goals, but. Well, I mean he's exit switch because he went from us to its switch to the back again. He's kind mm. of still got that Colchester connection. Um, Tommy Smith's another one that came came down the road from there. Who you know is a bit club captain, he's, he's a bit hit and miss at times. You he can he always there's always mistakes seem to be boiling in there with him. Um, who else is of interest? We just signed Tom Dallison in, in the window from Crawley. He's he's been quite impressive. I don't mm-hmm. know how he couldn't get into the Crawley side. <laughs> so it's so quite a good little little one for us. Um yeah, and even just like rattling those names off, yeah, you know, there's players that people outside of League Two have heard of. Mm-hmm. They're into, so yeah. Internationals there. Alan Judge plays for Republic, Tommy Smith still plays New Zealand. So there's quite a lot there's players there that should have it and do have it. It's just getting it to jail. It's getting that something's got to click mm-hmm. and like I, th- I think unfortunately for you guys will click a lot more on Saturday because going back to what I said you're one of the better teams in the league because you're performing well and you're doing well we tend to up our game against teams like you guys
2: yeah yeah I'm hoping not but <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> I hope we can give full sense of security but that but um other one I wanted to mention is Emir Hughes because I think you just signed signed him on loan, is it? Oh, no, I signed him permanently. Sorry again from from uh, Ipswich. Uh, we had him when he was really young for Man City. I think he played about ten games for us. Um, I was surprised that he was still um, only twenty eight, um, but he always seems to have that little bit of quality about him. So I'm surprised to see him drop down to to a little bit.
0: I think so. Although we got it from Ipswich, technically he was unattached because his his problem is is his injury. He always seems to be injured. Picking up knocks, picking up this. And I think he's kind of come down to League 2 and just hope that he can sort of... I would say rekindle his career, because like I say, he's only 28. He's still got a few years left. I think he just needs to drop down to get a good run of games a good level of fitness. Because what we end up doing is... he's played four games, he's just missed two for injury. He should be back probably this weekend. But he's a good player, but we... We haven't got the sort of time and space to be able to carry injured players at the moment because we are desperate for points. He has had a lot of glimpses of the player, you know, with everyone thinks he should be. But you also always worry if he stretches that a little bit too much or if he runs that a little bit too far, is something going to pop? Is something going to go? And he always seems to have that injury risk over him. I think that's the only thing that's keeping him down, is the fact that clubs maybe don't take a punt on him as they could do in order to run the risk. We, he's um, he definitely got the glimmers that What we've seen he's got about equalisers when we, scored, when we when he went down to nine men. He's got an equaliser on that game. Uh, so we, what we, what we seem to be lacking at the moment is we've got a lot of players that could produce eight, nine out of 10 Games, but we're not consistent enough to be able to do seven out of ten games. That makes sense. We'll either they play play really well or they vanish, and it that's where we need to sort of balance the books. Because that's where Scoot gives you a seven out of ten every game, regardless of what what's going on, how everyone else is playing. You can guarantee he will play well.
2: Mm -hmm. You watch another
0: shocking, shocking (laughs) game.
2: It sounds like it could be. A Jekyll or Hyde turn up on Saturday. Yeah. Um, last question before predictions, which I'm going to ask every week now because it's probably our only source of goals. How are you at defending <laughs> set pieces?
0: Uh, better is the honest answer. We used to begin the season, it was pointless to actually defend them because they were pretty much guaranteed to go in. But somehow, I think Wayne Brown, because he's his next defender himself, has tighten the reins on that a little bit so we're not only we to keep goals out we're also starting to score goals from them which is a very very uncultured thing to be doing <laughs> so yeah if you'd have played this in September October time I'd be like oh god don't even mention set pieces <laughs> but now it's, it's a bit little bit different so we're not too bad at them at the moment
2: yeah. i'm trying to remember when we played you what where the goals came from but i'm assuming they so it was uh, was it 2-1 or was that different we always win two
1: one at Colchester, don't we,
0: Danny? <laughs> That's that is usually the scoreline. That's the go to go to scoreline, sir. So yeah, like, where, I think. When did we play you at home?
2: I think it was early on. One it always seems to be in August for some reason. Yeah,
0: the fourteenth. It? it was the fourteenth of August. It was one of our first. Is it? Was our, it was our first home game of the year.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it always seems to fall at like that for some reason at Colchester. Um, one 0 actually. It looks like last year. Um, Guthrie, yeah, Guthrie scored. So it must have been a set piece, I'm imagining. Um, but yeah. Anyway, on to predictions. Charles, you're not having a good week with predictions. as we've I'm felt. not.
1: Should we have a jingle um, first? Because they're so good.
2: Yes. Yeah. We should have a jingle for our predictions. Have we got a new one? Mm-hmm. Amazing. We do. Let's go for it. I predict a riot. I predict a riot. Or a ball draw. <laughs> There you Brilliant. go, that's Dan Darwood. Thank you, Dan. Excellent. Thank you, Dan. Amazing. Um, speaking of... Do you predict a riot, Charles, at the weekend? Two o'clock kick-off.
1: Two o'clock, o'clock kick-off.
2: anything, do you think? Yeah. No. Are we going to be take time to wake up, do you think?
1: I, I think it's going to be a difficult one, personally. Um, as much as I think we've done quite well against Colchester in the past, away from home, I think at Sixfields it's a different matter. However, the only frame of reference I've got with that is that the last time I think we played Colchester at home that I was definitely at the game for was a certain striker's debut. Do you remember, Danny?
2: A certain do striker's you, debut.
1: Do you know who I'm talking about?
2: Is it Clive Platt?
1: No, no. Way, way <laughs> more close to now than than that. Big name. Big
2: name. Bayarkin Fenwa.
1: That failed. No, that um, failed at the Colby. Um, well, that
2: doesn't have it done. Just...
1: <laughs> Mar- Marvin Sordell. Marvin Sordell, yes. I think it was his debut. Yeah. And he came on and I seem to remember he missed a, a, a cracking chance that was a one-on-one where he basically just the ball got tangled in his legs. Um, mm. So that's my only frame of reference for saying <laughs> that we don't tend to play very well against Colchester at home. No, we, we uh, lost
2: 4-0 about... Two or three years ago, I think at home. Yeah,
0: um, might be. Yeah, that, that was the last time we played you. I think at your place. There you go. You so that's probably Marvin Sordell's debut. Second of <laughs> February, in 2019. Sounds there about right. Go. Yeah, yeah um, in the, like, the
2: following season we wouldn't have played because it would have been the COVID, one of the COVID ones, wouldn't it, that? Yeah, and we played, would have yeah. been
0: in League One. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you lost at uh, the home. You lost. We beat you at home that season, one nil. Then you beat us at home. This season, one nil. See,
1: I mean, just more evidence that I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Thank you, boys. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I will go for a one-nil Cobblers win because that is what we seem to do at the moment, and yes. it will be Fraser Horsall with the goal.
2: Good. Mm, okay. Got sent off, I think, in the early game against the Colchester. Shocking. He'll be he'll be Shocking. ripe for payback then. He will be. He will be. Uh, si, what are you going with for this one? Uh, I
0: think I think Colchester win two one. Bold, I like We've it. With Sears to grab the winning goal. Now, just to give... Um, I come really start. I've looked it up online. I'll chat to you guys. So, Northampton versus Colchester. You guys have won 34 games. There's been 14 draws. And you've lost 30. So, it's quite evenly matched the win-lose columns.
2: Mm, yeah,
0: okay. Mm-hmm.
2: I quite. I, I like that you've come out and predicted a win. And a lot of football fans, whenever you ask asking for a prediction, they always... I always go, especially... I'm always pessimistic. So, I quite like that speaking of which <laughs> yes speaking of which Danny what's oh, your bad prediction? feeling this is going to be you know one of them rainy windy type days when nothing happens and it's like and it's a nil nil oh so uh, that's to entice everyone to go there you go um, I think we're gonna <laughs> two o'clock kick off everyone maybe don't turn up till three <laughs> uh, but no it'll be good it should be a good game thank you say um, where can we find you on social media
0: it's all on Twitter. Not on Twitter. Just yeah. What, um, yeah, have you contact me earlier, I could even on my Twitter account. <laughs> just sort of pop, <laughs> Things just pop up around. Like, oh, do you want to chat football? Certainly. I'll always chat football. Yeah, good stuff. Um, that's one of the things I know sort of in a random curveball is I like about League One League Two that there's always groups of fans that want to chat. Mm-hmm. And you always be able to have good conversation and, you know, whether you agree or not, everyone's quite respectful about how you chat. The higher up the pyramid you get, you get seen... Yeah, you know, Arsenal awesome TV and all that sort like of like oh my <laughs> oh, god, what is going on? So no one wants that. That's why I like yeah. it down this part of the world, it's much, much nicer for this part of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah,
2: completely agree with that. Um thank you so much, Cy si, for coming on. Um all the best. So, are you going up on Saturday? Across yep. sorry, up down.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. Um, yeah. I'm no. not gonna get i not getting there at ten o'clock this time, though. No <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well at least there'll be an hour earlier kickoff if you do.
0: That's true, I won't have a, yeah. won't have a dog to wait. <laughs> yeah, no, i yeah. will be there. Fingers crossed it's a good game. It's not just pouring down with rain, windy and we will just freeze to death.
2: Nice one. Thanks so much, Say. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Danny. We'll be back next week with a Rochdale fan. Oh, Rochdale. Yes. Good. Next week. So, yeah, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
1: To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network